Now, we're on uh, week four of a, an eight-week series on the Beatitudes of Jesus, and we're looking at the fourth Beatitude of Jesus today, which is, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Amen? Um, and we thought, what better way to uh, kind of celebrate that beatitude and speak into that beatitude than by having some guest speakers who work in fields of realizing righteousness in places of real difficulty. And so it's my great pleasure this morning to welcome Julian Morgan. Uh, Julian, give Julian a round of applause, please. It's great. Thank you so much for coming to speak for us, Julian. Julian is a Tier Fund representative and works with Tier Fund, uh, and he's going to speak a little bit about the Beatitude, uh, because I've asked him to talk into that, but also to talk a little bit about the work of Tier Fund, uh, so that you get a feel for what it means practically to hunger and thirst for righteousness. And we're just going to pray for you, Julian. Thank you so much for coming to speak for us. It's a pleasure to have you with us. It really is. And would you stretch your hands this way, and we're just going to pray an anointing upon Julian this morning to speak for us. Lord Jesus, I thank you that this man of God's come to speak for us today. I pray that you equip him and anoint him, calm any nerves. I pray that you'd fill him with your spirit, and I pray you would hear clearly from you, Lord God, uh, about the work of Tear Fund and about the work of, uh, well, the, the beatitude as well, that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks, Julian. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, Birmingham City Church. Oh, yeah, you can do better than that. Good morning, Birmingham City Church. Oh, it's amazing. Love it, love it, love it. I can't see smiles because you've got masks on, but I'm imagining that you're smiling, right? It's a great morning. An amazing morning to be in the house of the Lord. I'm really sorry, but that <laughs> I just, that's the first time I've seen the picture on the flyer, so I was taken a bit aback. But um, I want to thank you guys for allowing me this time this morning to spend some time with you, to talk through the Word, to expand on the Word, to talk about the love of Jesus, talk about who Christ is, how we can be better in our communities, how we can impact the world. I want to thank Pastor Nick for this invite. I want to thank you in advance for your help and your support with what we're doing at Tear Fund in terms of our Afghanistan appeal. I know you're doing most, you've opened up the Afghanistan appeal stuff for the last few weeks for this week, next week, a little bit maybe on longer than that. So, I just want to thank you just for this opportunity. Um, introduce myself, I'm Julian Morgan, 29 years old, from Birmingham. Woo, woo! I'm a Brummy boy. Yeah, I'm a Villa fan as well. We, we, we beat United yesterday, so it's all good. Um, really happy about that. Um, born and raised in Birmingham. Um, my actual home church is literally 90 seconds down the road. Um, I'm a youth pastor there, so I feel very much at home here this morning, and I hope that you feel at home with me on the stage, yeah? Awesome, awesome. So before we do anything, before we start talking about the Beatitudes, before we do, before I talk about Tear Fund, let's pray. I like to pray. Um, I'm a Pentecostal boy, so if I get all excited and stuff, yeah, just forgive me, I'm a Pentecostal boy, I believe in the, pen, in the power of Pentecost, so let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for today, thank you for this opportunity, this awesome opportunity to be in your house, to hear your word. Father, pr Father, I pray that as I speak, Lord God, that it is less of me and more of you, Lord Jesus, that your word will go forth with power, your word will go forth um, as like a, like a sword, Lord God, and hit the hearts of those that need to hear it, will prick the ears of those that need to hear it also, Lord God, and that we can come together and congregate, Lord Lord God, and come together and do better work in our, in our home lives, in our community, and further afield. Father, I thank you for what you're doing already. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. So I'm, I'm under the understanding that you guys have been looking at the Beatitudes. Now, I love the Beatitudes. Literally love the Beatitudes. Why? Um, I like to look at the Bible in context. So at this, point, at this time, we find that Christ is at the start of his ministry. He's just started out on his Galilean ministry. But prior to that, he'd just been in the mountains, just been in in, in, in the wilderness, praying, fasting for 40 days. So if anyone's fasted before, when you finish the fast, you're on fire. You're like, yeah, yes, I'm ready to do the work. So we see Jesus doing these things, and he does a couple of miracles, and he goes to the Sermon on the Mount, and he stands on the mountain and starts giving out these, I wouldn't say instructions, but advice, advisories, I like to use that word, advisories um, to people that are going to follow him. We find that the Beatitudes outline the primary attributes of people who receive the rule of the kingdom of God. This is what God wants to see in his kingdom. So we see about nine things that Jesus says where God is saying, um, God is saying that blessed are those that do this and they will do this. Right? And we're at the fourth Beatitude today. So the fourth Beatitude in Matthew 5 verse 6 says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for what? for they will be filled. Say it again. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for, and they will be filled. We, I love the Beatitudes. Why? We get to see the heart of God through what he desires to see in us. I get to see that God wants, through this verse, that God wants us to strive for righteousness, strive for something good. So growing up in church, righteousness to me was merely I'm trying to do the right thing so I can go get to heaven, which is pretty much a good thing, right? Righteousness means to do right, to be right, morally correct, all these things. But I really feel that there's more to righteousness that goes beyond just me and my quest to get to heaven, right? Anyone else believe that? Right? Um, I really feel that God is calling us into a place where our righteousness affects our neighbor, our righteousness affects somebody far afield. We see that in, um, that in Mark 12, when Jesus gives the greatest commandment of all time, he says that loving your to love your neighbor as yourself. And righteousness, by doing right, we have to do right by others as well. Correct? When we're doing right, we're seeking justice in our lives and other people's lives, right? So... My question is, when, when we love our neighbor, when we love the person next to us, when we love God's creation, we have to understand that we're all created in the image of God, correct? Black, white, Asian, um, whatever religion, even Muslims, Hindus, they're all created in the image of God. They may not be following God, but they're created in the image of God. They are sons and daughters of the living God. So we have to love each and every one of them. So when we see their plight, our heart has to go out to them. How can I love my neighbor and I turn a blind eye to gender inequality? How can I love my neighbor and turn a blind eye to racial injustice? How can I um, love my neighbor and see poverty in some places in the earth and turn a blind eye? I, as a Christian, my heart must burn to see these things change, correct? Hallelujah. Sorry, I'm just, uh, already feeling it. And, and in Micah 6, 8, we see what God expects of us. He says, he has shown you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. God knows what he wants from us. We are meant to do right. We are meant to stand on the, on the right side of the spectrum. However, our righteousness has to go beyond just Julian, has to go beyond just Pastor Nick. 
It has to go to our neighbor. When I watch the news and see people's plight, I have to, my heart must burn. My heart must ache and feel their pain and feel their suffering. Why? Because Christ sees my suffering. The reason why Christ has done what he's done for us because he saw our suffering. He sees our suffering and he went and suffered for us in our place. So how can we not look at somebody else's plight and not want to do something different? I've actually gone away from my notes right now, so <laughs> we'll come back. But I love the Bible. Why? I love the Bible because the language it uses creates so much more to it. We see here in Matthew 5, 6, it says that blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. Just using those two words creates a completely different concept. Hunger and thirst. Hung, being hungry, being thirsty. Has anyone actually been hungry and thirsty before? Nah, I mean actually hungry and thirsty. So I'll, I'll tell you a story. I'm mindful of my time right now. So um, I usually use this story when I'm talking about fasting and I'm talking about um, pushing through when you're hungry. So about four years ago, I was preparing to do a youth conference and I was like, yes, I'm going to go on a fast because I want to feel spiritually strong. So I was like, cool, let's go on a fast. And um, I decided that I was going to do a fast that I've never done before. So I was going to fast for four weeks, but I was going to do it at 48 hour intervals. So I would abstain from food and drink water just for, for 48 hours, take about an hour break, break the fast, then start again. So it was day one. <laughs> it was day one. It was day one. And it got to about 9 p.m. I was sitting at the breakfast bar in my house. I was praying. I was reading my Bible. I was like, yeah, yeah. But my body was like, Julian, you need to eat now. I heard my body talk to me. Literally, my body spoke. It was like, you need to eat. My body, I was so hungry. And in that moment, I just put my head down. I was like, you know, maybe I should just take a nap. And I saw a crumb on the... Um, <laughs> I saw a crumb on the breakfast bar. And in that moment, that crumb looked like a piece of Nando's chicken, perfectly primed, perfectly grilled, and my body was aching for it. Literally, I was having a battle within myself. I was like, wow, that crumb looks so good. And I couldn't take my focus off it. And I was determined to eat it, at the same time not being determined to eat it. And all I could focus on was this, because of my hunger at that time. And I use that example, what I will say, I didn't eat the crumb, I was victorious, but I use that, exa <laughs> I use that example, why? When you hunger and thirst for something, when you are at a point of extreme hunger, there is nothing else that you can focus on. Your focus is, is one direction, you got, you're, you're determined, you're intentional, and God is calling us, that's why it's important when we talk about hungering and thirsting for righteousness, that's what God wants from us. We, he wants us to have a determination to see righteousness. He wants us to have an intention to see righteousness. He wants us to have a single-minded approach to see righteousness in our world and in our land. Does anybody agree with me this morning? And... <sighs> I, I, I see the world. I see what happens. I work at Tear Fund. I should have said what I do at Tear Fund. I work in the African and Engagement Department. So what I do, our role as a department is to engage with black majority churches, to galvanize them, to, to collaborate with Tear Fund as we, we follow Jesus where the need is greatest and eradicate world poverty where we can. That is our role. That's what we want to do. And I've worked at Tear Fund for three months now. And I've seen a change in my life because my outlook has changed very much. Very, uh, obviously, growing up in church, happy clappy, jumping, shouting. And <laughs> happy, <laughs> I'll be honest, happy clappy, jumping, shouting, four walls. Recognizing that, realizing that 
this, this, this God mandate goes beyond the four walls of the church. This God mandate goes beyond the region of the UK. This God mandate goes out to people that don't look like me. This God mandate goes out to people that don't believe the same thing as me. And that's what God is calling us into. That's the righteousness that God is calling us into. Righteousness and justice go hand in hand. You cannot separate the two. God's heart is for righteousness, but also God's heart is also for justice. So what does that look like today in 2021? We only have to look at our screens to see what's happening in the world. That's all we have to do. We can see the plight over the years. It's getting worse, if I'm honest. But that's why Tier Fund and, and, and organizations like us are so, so important. And it's so important that you guys are doing the appeals that you do as well. So I'm going to tell you a story about a, a lady called Tamam. Tamam, who was a mother of three, who lived in Syria. And prior to ISIS coming, because I'll use the Syria example, because in Afghanistan, we're still gaining information. It's still a very fresh information. But Tamam, who was living in Syria, a very similar situation where ISIS took control. Her and her husband were living, they were farming, they were growing crops, they were, had olives, and, and then ISIS came in, restricted the water, restricted electricity, basically inhibited them from having a livelihood. And they saw their crops dying, they saw their animals dying, they saw the, obviously their finances withering away. And then, unfortunately, Tamam's husband passed away. And in those parts of the world, a woman without a husband is very vulnerable. Not only did she lose her husband, but two weeks prior to losing her husband, she lost her child. And at that point, she's thinking to herself, okay, what do I do? I'm, I, I've got no livelihood. Things are getting worse. These people are coming in and taking over. So she decided to run. Pack her bags. I say bags, but she probably, she, she actually took one bag, probably the size of an Asda bag, and packed as much stuff as possible, took some photos, packed her stuff, took the remaining of her children and ran in the middle of the night in terror, trying to get to the border of Lebanon. Now, I ask you guys this morning, as you hunger and thirst for righteousness, where is your, what is your heart saying to you right now when you hear the plight of somebody like that? Yes, we're, we're able to come to church in our nice clothes, our car, even if you catch the bus. We get to go to work. We get to have heat in our house. We get to to, to earn, earn money. When you hear the plight of someone like this, what is righteousness saying to you this morning? What is that hunger and thirst? Is it increasing the hunger and thirst to see somebody, somebody else's life change? Because that is the heart of God. Now, I say this, our response to these kind of things is in fact an aspect of worship. If you, see, if you look at Amos 5, it talks about, I'll paraphrase because of time. Amos is actually lamenting the nation of Israel at the time. And he says how God is saying, I'm done with your religious gatherings. I'm done with your offerings. I'm done with your songs. But I want to see justice roll like a river. I want to see righteousness flow also. And we see there the heart of God that, yes, it's great to congregate. Yes, it's great to be together. And I'm not going to negate this because I love church. I absolutely love church. But God is calling us into a space where our hunger and our thirst goes to everybody outside. I can't walk past somebody on the street who's going through it and my heart can't burn. I can't watch the TV screen and watch a child being pulled out of rubble and my heart doesn't burn. 
I can't watch and see people getting racially abused and my heart doesn't burn. Because they are children of God, created in the image of God, just like me, just like you. And the righteousness inside of me, the want, the want to be right, the hunger and thirsting to be correct and see morals upheld in our land should burn to do something about it. Now, Tiffan's work is surrounded about all about that. It's a response. We started about 52 years ago in response to disaster, in response to a an, an, uh, uh, famine and suffering that was happening in Africa. And people, the UK church was like, this needs to change. Because for the first time, they saw this on their TV screens in the 1960s. And they were sending money to what was a very small evangelical alliance at the time and said, do something about it. Tier funds born out of response to disaster, born out of a hunger and a thirsting for righteousness and justice. And 50 years later, we've impacted millions. In the last 10 years, we've impacted over 48 million people across the world in some of the neediest places in the world. And, and it's all because of help from churches like yourselves as we do this. But also, as much as it comes from help, it comes from a heart. It comes from a burning heart, a heart that, 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 that sees somebody else's plight, a heart that actually feels, a heart that is empathetic. We can't sometimes get into, we can't think about how it's, how, what it's like to be in someone's position, but we can understand that they are children of God and we want to see their lives change. Now, I will say this thing that Tamam's story ended with hope, thank the Lord. You know, she managed to get to the Lebanon border and, and through that, she, was, she got access to one of our centers, one of our partner centers um, called the Tahidi Center. And Tamam and her, and, her, and her family found refuge. They received trauma counseling, healthcare, education, and social support. And Tamam actually developed a skill of sewing. So in developing skills, people are able to then look at potentially building up livelihoods. You know, they always say, um, catch, catch a fish for a man, he'll eat for a day. That was really poor. But also, teach a man to fish and he'll never stop eating. That was the really, really poor version of the, of the thing. But you know what I mean, right? And as I speak right now, tear fund workers are, are on the ground helping to save lives, helping to change lives in areas just like where Taman was from, and even now in Afghanistan, as you saw in the video. So I want to thank you for all the support you're doing, but I understand what it's like, church. I understand what it's like to be in a situation, you hear someone talk like myself, and feel helpless. You want to do right, you want to do the right thing, your heart does burn, there is a hunger and a thirsting for righteousness, but you're, you're thinking to yourself, what can I do? I'm just, I'm just Julian, I live, in, I live in Birmingham. Afghanistan is miles away. Syria is miles away, Lebanon is miles away. Africa is miles away. South Asia is miles away. What can I do? What is the little money that I'm going to donate really going to do? And there's a story in the Bible that I love. I absolutely love this story um, in the Bible about the healing of the paralytic man. Um, why? It's a perfect example of what we do, what small thing we do as a collective can change somebody else's life dramatically. We find a paralytic man his friends hear about Jesus coming by and Jesus being at a house. And his friends, four friends decide, I'm going to see my friend in need and we are going to 
carry the weight and carry him to Jesus. They responded to somebody else's need as a collective. There's power in being a collective. Number two, when they got to the house, they realized that it was full. And sometimes we, we look at, we, we, we're, doing, we're doing the work, we're collectively doing the work, we're trying to see righteousness and justice flow, but we don't see things changing. And it feels like a blockage. They got to the house and it was full. But they didn't give up. And this is what I would love to push right now. Don't give up in your giving. Don't give up in your thirsting and hungering for righteousness. What did they do? They decided to change their vantage point. They decided to carry the weight onto the roof and break through the roof and put him at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus says, because of their faith, you are now whole. It wasn't even because of the guy's faith. It was because of their faith. Understand, church, that what you do can change lives. What you do as a collective, what you do in partnership with Tiffin can change lives. As we hunger and thirst for righteousness, as we seek to see justice change, don't give up. Keep pushing, working as a collective, and you will see the change across the world. You will see the change in your life. You will see the change in your, in your family's life as you seek this change in your life, as you seek righteousness. And I have five minutes left. And what I'll do, I'll just give you a little, some, some facts regarding Afghanistan at this time so you understand what's going on. And we are grateful for everything that you are doing and will do in advance. I believe it. So the recent conflict in Afghanistan has reportedly forced over, over half a million people from their homes, running for their lives with a little bit more than the clothes on their backs and their families. Many have remained in Afghanistan, while others have fled to neighboring countries. And Tierfund's local partners are on the ground, providing life-saving, life-changing relief packages where we can. And this food, these packs include food, vital hygiene supplies, such as soap and face masks, some things that we just have. We just have them. But over there, in places like that, they don't have them at the same demand as we do and offering trauma support where we can. The work that we do is vital. The things that we take for granted is a lifesaver for somebody else. So as you get into this mind of seeking righteousness, as you get into the mind of pushing and hungering and thirsting for righteousness, remember your friend, remember your brother and sister in another country. Remember your brother and sister who's going through it, that doesn't have what you have and the work that we do to ensure that they can actually get the help that they can have. So let's just pray. I'm, I'm actually f finishing in time, which is amazing. Let's just pray. Hallelujah. Yeah, you can come and give me some pads. That's amazing. Bring some Atmos in here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are a God of mercy. You're a God of grace. You're a God that wants us to be righteous. You're a God that wants us to see justice happen. Lord, Father, I pray right now for every single person under the sound of my voice, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray that number one, there is a hunger and a thirst that is developed to see your kingdom come on this, on this earth, Lord Jesus. And in seeing your kingdom come, we see your righteousness come, Lord Jesus. But in also... Seeing your kingdom come, we see justice envelop this world. Hallelujah. Father, I pray that hearts are pricked.
and are turned to your heart, Lord Jesus. Your desire is for us to hunger and thirst for righteousness, for we will be filled. And in our filling, Lord God, we will see the gifts of your Spirit. We will see the love of your Spirit. We will see the fruits of your Spirit completely oozing out of us, Lord God, so we can't turn a blind eye to somebody else's plight. We can't turn a blind eye to somebody else's um, negative situation. We can't turn a blind eye because they're your sons and they're your daughters and they're your, our brothers and our sisters. Father, I thank you that you're working on someone's heart right now. Yes, God. That you're touching them right now and you're turning their heart to a point of righteousness, Lord God that we will see change in our community. Lord, I thank you for Birmingham City Church. Lord, I thank you that they're an outward-looking church. I thank you, Lord, that they are a church that see the need of others and want to respond. Hallelujah. And Father, I pray for a huge response. I pray for a huge outpouring, Lord. And oh Lord, as they continue to look at your beatitudes, Father, I pray that your attributes that you want, us, that you want to see in us, that the characteristics that you want to see in us will start oozing out of us. They will start emanating out of us, Lord God. We will be unrecognizable because we are new creations in you. Hallelujah. 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 We are new creations in you. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you. And we seal your blessings. We seal our response. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, everybody.